Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Oh, it's Friday energy time. Good morning. What is going on? Thank you for listening. Bill Ryder with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Happy Friday to you. Good morning, Tommy. T-G-I-F. Happy Friday to you, Bill. Is that a thank God or a thank goodness? Which way are you going? Choose your own adventure. I'm good with either one today because I'm in a great mood because it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Fridays are marvelous. Fridays are wonderful. Uh, Lori and the kids are out of town, as I told you. They're, they're in Lima, Ohio. And I have quickly slid into pure college dude mode. Mess everywhere. I'm like, ah, I'll do the laundry later. Eating a bunch of leftovers. Had some nachos. It's pretty marvelous, to be honest. Just be chilling. What would you do with five or six days by yourself? The exact same thing that you're doing. I am so jealous. I'm just, I'm sitting on the couch, just slouching, projecting any kind of real posture. It's pretty amazing. Let me try to bring some of that joy to, to the show. Urban Meyer's a walking joke and not in a good way. That guy's a loser, man. What a bum. And our, our, our good friend who will be on the show on Monday. Ty Dunn had a great piece on his Substack, GoFootballTD.com. You should check it out with some new details. Go long, TD. Go long. Just give it to me, Tom. I, I just subscribe. Go long, TD.com. It's a mouthful. It's also excellent. And there's an anecdote in there that is just stunning for the pompous, arrogant incompetence attributed to, to Urban Meyer. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, conference realignment updates are, are coming fast and furious. We told you that that was going to be a chaotic process. There is a meeting right now, as I'm speaking to you, that the Pac-12 is reportedly having. There is reportedly some optimism. Dan Wetzel is one of the guys who are out there talking about this, that maybe they'll have, be able to come to an agreement between their member institutions to take Apple's deal at the same time, reports that Arizona is, is close to accepting a move to the, the Big 12. There's consternation and frustration on the other side of the country with Florida State's candor about leaving the ACC, or at least demanding more. So we'll hit that. We'll update you later in the show. We've got Joe Theismann on the program in an hour. Buy or sell, bum of the week. Uh, I, I guess I'll ask Joe about, about the Hall of Fame game yesterday, Jets-Browns. 
That was one of the most boring sporting events I have watched in my lifetime. And I'm being literal. I know Tom watched, I think, more of it than I did. The most interesting, and I will be, I will be honest, I only watched about half of it. It was hard for me to sort of, I kept falling asleep, kept putting me to sleep. Sporting dopamine, is it dopamine what puts you to sleep? Or is that, is that a, yeah, okay, it's not a PED. Or I performed really well on the tennis court, I don't know. The most interesting thing was when they cut to Aaron Rodgers talking to Zach Wilson for about 10 seconds. And that was not interesting. It was just the most interesting thing. Zach Wilson threw, threw the ball five times. Tom, did I miss something? Were you riveted? Did you love it? Was it for you like Taylor Swift is? For everybody else, she's in L.A. now, so everyone's going crazy. No, I think I would just say the most interesting part for me was in between the third and fourth quarter when the lights went out in the stadium. That was it. That was, that was, that was the big moment. Lights went out. And apparently, according to our friend Mike Florio, who was on yesterday, the showers didn't work. What is this, Major League? (laughs) The problem is we're coddling these guys. All right. That's about the extent I'm going to talk about the Hall of Fame game. But if you have some incredible insight that I missed, 855-212-4CBS. Twitter, sports writer, sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. As I mentioned, it's Friday, and it's Bum of the Week Day, and several of you have already nominated people for Bum of the Week. And, and I want if you want to throw in nominations, we'll take them, we'll use them, we'll utilize them. Sports writer, sports, R-E-I-T-E-R, on Twitter. X marks the spot on Twitter. We'll call it Twitter still. I gasped today. And Tom was on the phone with me. I was reading Tom's email, and Tom likes to send suggestions about things. And this is true. And I, he likes to send Bum of the Week suggestions. And I saw the name Bill Ryder, and I gasped. Tom, <gasps> did you hear me do it? I did, and I stand by my nomination. So apparently Tom wants to nominate me because of, you know, his love for for lobsters, whatever. But one of you anticipating this terrible take from Pretty Daddy has already nominated Tommy for Bum of the Week. So if you want to send some nominations, sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R. We get a lot of stuff right on this show. We probably should pat our own backs more often. I'm going to pat Jim Bowden's back today. And double down on the fact that we've been hinting toward, Tom's been saying, and Bowden just came full steam with, the Angels made a colossal error in judgment in not trading Shohei Otani. And it will cost them for two or three or five years or more. The Angels are in a terribly difficult position. That doesn't excuse the fact that they screwed it up. Otani, I'm about to say something about Otani that I know is startling. And I'm not doing this as some guy who doesn't watch baseball, who just talks about it sometimes, not knowing what he's talking about. I love the game. I talk a lot of baseball in my private life. I used to host a radio show in L.A. where we talk baseball every day. I understand the history and depth of the game, and I understand the magnitude of what I say. When I say Shohei Otani might be, he is possibly the greatest player in the history of Major League Baseball. He is. Not easy to trade that guy. But there's also a return that comes back if you can't retain him. And the Angels' inability to navigate the difficult reality of having the best player maybe of all time and needing to move him at a deadline that has now come and gone last week was thrust in an ugly way in their face last night. Because if the Angels don't make a run in the playoffs, Otani is gone. And, And I could be wrong. If you think maybe I missed something, tell me. But I'm pretty sure... You can't make a run in the postseason if you don't make the postseason. It's hard to win playoff series if you're golfing in Cabo because your season's over. And that's where the Angels are heading. 
Last night, Otani was, again, his dynamic, remarkable, historically great self. And despite that, the Angels were a joke and a farce. They're the Bad News Bears, which is a reference I don't even get because that movie's so old. Here's the good. Otani last night had gone through four scoreless innings when he started to to cramp up. He struck out four, by the way, at that point. He was dynamic. So they they pull him from his start early. But he's also a DH, so he can still hit. And like any all-time great, and he really is, he's like, okay, I can't pitch. Let me see if I can help put some runs on the board to help make it easier for the Angels, for my team that is in desperate need of winning games to make the postseason, that has been losing games, that's on a slide, to just have a little bit of a cushion to take the gem that I gave and at least make it enough through half of almost a Major League Baseball game for it to turn to a win. So what does the guy proceed to do? Uh, He hits his 40th home run, which is a Major League leading tally. He goes two for two. He walked twice. He got on base four times. He stole a base and and he scored two runs. And all of this to amplify and remind us this guy is an alien. Six in Major League Baseball, not in the American League. Six in the majors in batting average. He's hitting 6'10". Told you he leads all of baseball in home runs with 40. He's third in the game and runs driven in. And on the pitching side, he is 17th in wins with nine wins. But remember, they blow games constantly that Otani has started. Hold on to that fact because you're going to hear what, where that leads in about 60 seconds. He's 15th in earned run average. He is 4th in Major League Baseball in strikeouts. And you may know if you're a baseball fan, there's a movement right now. There's a belief system out there that's percolating that wins and even ERA don't matter. I don't subscribe to this, but that is the new sort of sabermetrician reality. ERA doesn't matter. What matters is strikeouts, strikeouts per inning, velocity, those sorts of things. The guy's a stud and a star. And not only did the Angels blow this game, they lost 5-3. to three. Not only do they cough up in the final inning a one-run lead. No, I'm sorry, a two-run lead. They lose. They enter the ninth up 3-1. Otani scores two of those three runs. He drives in two of those three runs. This dude is sitting there watching. Maybe drew in one run. And the Angels give up a walk-off not walk off, but a grand slam in the ninth there at home. A grand slam to lose the game. You couldn't script, if you're a Dodgers fan, or if you think the Yankees can lure Otani, or if you're a Giants fan, or a Padres fan, or just any team that wants to see the Angels be humiliated, you couldn't script a better ending to a game that has to send Shohei Otani. What do you think he drives? Is he driving? He's not driving a Prius. Is it a Tesla? A Jaguar? Put him in a, in, a, in, a, in a Tesla or a Jaguar. You can't script a better game than as Otani leaving that ballpark late, driving through the darkness of Orange County, contemplating how he has to go somewhere else. I don't know, maybe calling his agent. And in Japanese, being like, hey man, you got to get me out of here when the season's over. Four games back of the final wild card spot. They've lost three straight now. Remember, no Mike Trout for, for a while because of that wrist injury. They are in dire straits. And and to circle back to giving Jim Bowden so much credit, what happened last night, the squandering of Otani's excellence, the fact that he couldn't close out the game as a starting pitcher, 
that just illustrated that unless he literally plays every single moment of a game, they can't win. Really reinforced what Jim Bowden, longtime former GM, CBS Sports HQ, MLB Insider, among other roles in media, what Jim told us a few days ago about the absolute debacle the Angels executed at the trade deadline. Huge blunder for them long term. Um, look, this is going to set them back three to five years in their rebuild. Uh, they made a huge mistake. Look, if you had traded Shohei Otani at the deadline, you would have been able to get back six to eight top 15 prospects in baseball. It would have been the biggest return we've ever seen for a rental player, and rightfully so. The hardest things to do are sometimes the smartest things to do. And Moving on from Otani, and by the way, Jim Bowden won me over 60% of this perspective, and last night completed that conversion. The Angels should have moved on from Shohei Otani. They cannot win despite him. If I know that, if Bowden knows that, if Tommy Pretty Daddy has known that for a month, do you know who certainly is aware of it? Shohei Otani. And one of the points that I made to Jim was, okay, I was asking Jim when he was on the show, you were a GM, how do you assess internally? If you're the Angels, isn't it possible they know internally maybe he'll stay? And can't that explain that that perhaps he's going to stick around. But Jim said, no, no, no. When it comes to understanding whether or not a guy is going to stay or going to go, not only is it possible, it's a requirement. And the reality on the ground, as Jim explained it, in Anaheim further illustrates how poorly run and what a difficultly bad decision they made in retaining Shohei at the deadline. I can tell you that I've done that homework. I'm not even the GM of the Angels, but representing uh, CBS, I go out and find out what's really going on, so I know. This is what I found out. Number one, the most important thing for Shohei Otani is winning. He wants to be on the biggest stage every year in October. He wants a chance at a World Series every year, not once in a while, every year. That's the most important thing to him. Number two, his preference is on the West Coast. That's where he prefer to be. That doesn't mean that he wouldn't be open to New York or Chicago or somewhere else, but his preference is West Coast. Uh, next, what does he do in the off season? He has spent two off seasons in Seattle, all on the West Coast. Where's his agent Nesbolello live? He's got two homes, one close to Dodger Stadium, one close to Angel Stadium. I don't think the Angels can convince me that they have any kind of blueprint or any kind of plan to be legitimate contenders, 2024 and beyond. So, if I was sitting in that room, I'd have traded them. It, it is such an error in judgment. It is such a mistake. The Angels are not going to make the postseason. They're not going to be able to convince Shohei Otani of the impossible, which has become obvious that they can compete even with him. As Bowden walked us through, they passed on the greatest return in the history of Major League Baseball. And despite last night, half of a gem, I know it's not the entire game, he cramped up, the home run... The two runs, I mean, the stolen base isn't even that significant in the scheme, other than the fact that the guy just highlights and illustrates at every turn how he is a different level of excellence. And Remember the old five-tool? He's like a nine-tool. There's not even nine tools, and he has nine of them. And despite his excellence, despite his greatness, they cannot win with him. It's over. It's done. They screwed up. Shoyotani is the certainly the best player of his generation. He's one of the great players of all time. And that means that the Angels' inability to convince him to stay for the years he was there and then to see that they had to trade him this year when it was too late 
will be one of the great mistakes in baseball history. As good as Otani is, he is a reflection of how poorly run the Angels are and their inability to manage his excellence while they could and to trade him when they should have. That is a mistake that will haunt them for a very long time. 855-212-4CBS. Give us a call. Let's hang out. Look, Urban Meyer's not a coach in the NFL anymore. Thank God for everybody involved. And he is a walking punchline, deservedly so. Arrogance meets a lack of experience meets Herb mired in dysfunction equals his tenure. And you would think it'd be hard to come up with new examples, actual reported things of his tenure with the Jaguars, who, by the way, pretty good without him when he was around. And you'd be wrong. Ty Dunn, our buddy, has a great, great piece and has an eyebrow-raising anecdote that is new about just how ridiculously bad Herb was at his job. And we're going to just bask in the joy of that next here on CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He's Bill Ryder, and he's always right. I don't talk out loud to myself, and I turn to Graham the cat, and I go, this bleep is stupid. Are they serious? And I'm over it. It's Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio. Look, look I, I like the guy with the really deep voice. And I like his, you know, but but he's Bill Ryder and he's always right. Even I roll my eyes at that. Look, I'm right a lot of the time. But always right? I didn't record it. I didn't send it. You played script. it. I played it. Yeah, that's what we got. <laughs> that's what we That's what we got. Uh, Ducky Hines tweets at Sports Rider, Sports R-E-I-T-E-R, let's Friday energy to the amusement of Bill, but in all seriousness, because his Cubs, and then it's a puking sign, have been on a hot streak. I'm nominating Chip Carey and some of my fellow cards for Bum of the Week for our homerism and Chip's Bush call last week. Free Wilson Contreras. Hey, if you want to be like Ducky and nominate some people for Bum of the Week, Sports Rider, Sports R-E-I-T-E-R, and then another guy did it, that guy. And this one involves you, Tommy. I want to nominate Andrew Bogus for Bum of the Week for muting everyone on Twitter, which we should investigate, but he's not here today. But since he isn't there, I guess I will nominate Pretty Daddy for still holding on to Trey Lance being better than Brady. Wait, I didn't know that Bogus mutes everybody. How do you? How does? How do people know that you've been muted though? If you've been blocked, that you know. But if you've been muted, I didn't know you could. You could find that out. Maybe he talked about it on the other show. He's on a lot. I don't know. I I, I guess that's possible. I don't know. But also, too, why am I getting a default nomination just because he's not here? That doesn't feel right. I mean, your Trey Lance take is pretty is pretty egregiously poor. It's not been proven wrong yet. 
There are times when you are the Urban Meyer. Not always. Ouch. You have some Urban Meyer in you, I should say. This sort of like, I'm right. I'm never going to change my mind. I don't care. Once you start dancing, you know, it's over. God, I love. That was, was that harsh? Yeah. I'm just saying. Sometimes, you know, colossally idiotic or poor decision-making famous people show us attributes that we all have that we should turn away from. Urban Meyer, for all of his faults, has done an amazing job showing people that stubbornness is not a quality that you want to embrace, right? That just, just, I don't care, I'm an insert, you know, your name, in this case, Urban Meyer. Ty Dunn, go, is it Go TD Football? I can never remember the name of this, and I subscribe to it. Go Long, go long TD.com. Oh, if he's listening, I'm I'm sorry, Ty. GoLongTD.com. This dude is my favorite. I was gonna say one of. I think he's my favorite NFL writer in the country. He he's different than Florio. Those are the other two guys for me. All right. So he's got a really long, in-depth story on the Jags. And, and the thing about Ty is, when he does something that is really in-depth in the NFL. It, it, Every word counts. I know you were reading it, Tom, right? It's, some long stories I roll my eyes, and I used to write long stories in another lifetime for a living. I used to write only long, exasperatingly long things back in the day at a newspaper I worked for in Kansas City. So I, I know a thing or two about long-form writing. This dude is, is as good at it as anybody. It is full of fresh reporting. It's insightful. He doesn't pull punches. So there's a lot in there, and it's really about the Jags and their rise and their excellence, but also Urban Meyer being just awful. Listen to this anecdote. Andrew Wingard is the guy, safety. Good good player, right? Like veteran, good player. So let me take you all the way back to Urban Meyer's horrible, horrible tenure when they got just beat down by the Seahawks 31-7. Meyer's team fell to 1-6. So the Jaguars' defense had a, one of those come-to-Jesus meetings Ty Dunn writes about. And in the meeting, in the meeting... Winger talks. He's like one of the voice. We got, you know, visualize. We got to do this. guy. Come on. Swear words. Let's go. I'm, I'm assuming. Right. And then Ty reports that he says, and I think pretty innocuously says, look, we got a rookie quarterback. It was Trevor Lawrence's rookie season. We got a rookie head coach. We got to help these guys out, man. We got to be better. We got to, like, look out for these guys. The defense has to step up. Pretty. And by the way. Accurate. Trevor Lawrence hears about that. He can't be like, this is some ball snap. I'm my seventh year, even though I'm not. That's, he's a rookie. That's fine. Word get back, gets back to Herb mired in dysfunction. I think that's the best accurate name I've ever come up with. And to be fair, I did it before he started. I mean, he started before he ever coached a single down. So that Monday night, according to Ty Dung, uh, the safety's phone rings. And Winger's season, it's got caller ID, and it, it says that it's Chris Ash on his phone, position coach. Think about this. Urban Meyer does a, a okie-dokie move. I'm going to trick him. This is like a high school kid where some girl will pick up the phone, so he gets his buddy his phone. Hello? Hey, it's Steve. What are you doing calling John's phone? That's Urban Meyer. <laughs> it's true, man. And he just starts to berate this guy. I'm going to read you the quote from Ty's work. Quote, he says, Dewey, why the hell did you call me a rookie head coach? Tell me why. If it was anybody else right now, you'd already be cut. Wingard relives. Wingard went on the record, by the way. Like, people are always like, you, you say it, put your name to it. He does. 
These guys hated Urban Meyer so much and felt so disrespected that they're now, and, and they're so aware he'll never coach in the NFL again. And I don't know this for certain, but it wouldn't surprise me if the NFL secretly just won't let him in the building. No, I'm sorry we can't accept your ticket even as a fan coach. Your incompetence might be contagious. All right, quote goes on from, from Urban Meyer. Explain yourself to me is essentially what he said. So I had to freaking save face and tell him how much I love him and how he's the greatest coach ever. You're sitting there on your off night chilling, and you get a call from your head coach. Hey, I'm going to cut you if you don't apologize for calling me a rookie head coach. Here's the thing, and I had a boss like this once, a, an absolute egomaniac who was so insecure, and he would he once he once tried to punch me. He would scream and call at me. He'd try to fire me, and I literally had to be like, "You're amazing. You're so great. You're so brilliant." Just to not get fired, just to get him off the phone. So the next day. Winger had to meet with, with with good old Herb Herb the Herbster, and just continue tell to tell him how great he was. And then Meyer rattled off his career record, how many draft picks he'd sent to the NFL. This guy was a walking egomaniac, and, and as Ty writes, an absolute disgrace. And I'm not going to go through the whole history of all the crap that he went through. But this anecdote, anecdote to me just jumps out, and, and it's a reminder, no matter how accomplished somebody is, no matter how impressive their resume, no matter how much they believe in their own brilliance, the ability to, to take your expertise and have a little humility, to manage other human beings, to make the leap from a job, a good job, to a big job, and that's what you're doing when you're going from college, and I know he had that stint at Fox to the National Football League. That's not a guarantee. It's not a certainty. Sean Payton who is a longtime NFL coach and went to Fox Sports, has already come back and put his foot in his mouth. Urban Meyer did it again and again and again with his own team. And we already knew this, Tom, but this guy should never coach in the NFL again. I'm not going to go so far as to say he shouldn't coach in college sports because obviously he's had success. I wouldn't hire him. He also doesn't sound like a very nice dude. Doesn't like the world's nicest guy. But think about talking to grown men this way as a head coach and being offended he was called a rookie head coach. He was a rookie head coach. What, he thought he had seven years of experience? It's not like when you get on a plane and fly to Europe with American dollars and you go to the counter and you're like, here's 100 American dollars and they give you 93 euros, right? He didn't take his, I don't know how many years it was, of experience in college and they're like, here you go, sir. You're actually a, you're in year 5.3 in the NFL. Congratulations. What a joke this guy was. Urban Meyer walked into the practice facility at Jacksonville and thought what he did at Bowling Green, what he did at Utah, what he did at Florida, what he did at Ohio State, he felt like it mattered, even though he was coaching professional athletes that were making millions upon millions, more than him. Like, he didn't know what he was walking in. He was done before it started. And the more these things come out, I mean, there's been so many of them since he's been fired. Oh, by the way, he didn't even make it through a full season. You know, you make a really great point that I hadn't thought of before. And, like, human jealousy is really interesting, right? And you don't think of it when you think of professional sports because professional athletes know what each other make. They know what the deal is, right? Sean Payton's not going to be – Sean Payton makes a lot of money now. But most coaches don't make as much as, as their players or their stars, obviously, in the NFL. If you're a coach in the NBA and you make more money than your star players, your team's going to win 11 games. I mean, that's just, that's a reality. If you're a coach in the NFL and you make more money than your quarterback, you're going to win three games. That's a reality. But you make a really good point. 
Because I've seen this in my own business. I work in a business where people rise up, like I did, from a very sort of middle-class existence. And then you get into this, and I'm still in a middle-class pay, pay bracket, which is fine. But I got buddies who made who made 50 grand 10 years ago writing for newspapers who make you know an obscene amount of money now. And you have the same kind of group of people who come up to become their bosses. And so in sports media, bosses at a lower level will make a lot more than their so-called talents. But there comes a point where you can have a, a boss who makes half or a third of what you know, a star makes, right? A star person. And I've seen bosses in the world out there not be able to handle it ego-wise, not be able to take it, to go from like a small website or maybe a smaller TV operation and then they get the big job and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm making money. And then they, because you don't get access to people's salaries in our business unless you're the top guy, usually you're top gal. And then they look at the salaries like, what, this guy makes more than me? And there's a jealousy that kicks in, an insecurity. When some people, and I think that happened with Urban Myers. as I think about this. I mean, it's not like he was surprised. But these dudes are grown men. A bunch of these guys are making more than he did, or at least making so much money that unlike in college, because Urban did have a good salary, he can't just dominate them and dictate to them the terms of everything. These are dudes who get to drive their own fancy cars, live in their own fancy houses, and earn their own part and slice of the American dream. And I'm telling you, from what Ty Dunn writes and what we told you about in, in the entirety of the story... This is the and I've worked for these guys before. This is the picture of somebody who couldn't handle the fact that other people had success independent of him or surpassing his own. This guy should never ever coach in the NFL ever again. Is he back? I don't watch. I should watch Fox Sports. They were good to me. I just is he back on TV over there? He's back at Fox. The change this year on on that particular panel is uh, no Reggie Bush anymore. Mark Ingram is in. Is Joe Clatt on that show? Uh, I think he's like a contributor. He's not like on the panel, but he he calls the game of the week with, uh, with Gus could, Johnson. I think you could pay me to watch that show. <laughs> I'm serious. All righty, then. I don't, who else is on it? Anybody I like? Uh, Matt Leinert. I like Matt. Yeah. All right. Matt Leinert, Mark Ingram, Urban Meyer, and then uh, Rob Stone is the, uh, is the host. So Rob is a great guy. Rob, all these guys live... L.A. is a weird place near me. Who's the most famous person that you've met? Other than Bill Ryder? <laughs> no, I said I famous. I don't, I don't not know. Per- I mean, I met Mike Piazza in person once. Oh, yeah, we, that's right. He was your hero. Yes, childhood hero. Would you have hugged him if we had the hug challenge going on? No way. I was so nervous. You were nervous? Yeah, this is probably like seven, eight years ago. Can I make a request on the air that I've already made off the air, but I'll pretend that I haven't. Can I make a first-time request by way of trying to pressure you into this? Can we get Mark Grace on the show? Mark Grace was my childhood hero. I have, like, literally 100 of his rookie cards. I have one signed. I'm not sure how I'd handle it. I'm not sure how the interview would go. But that guy was, I, I, I was 17. What do you mean you're not sure how the interview would go? I might be kind of nervous. I'm never nervous. No, you wouldn't be nervous. I might be. Uh, give you a little bit of an update, because we have talked about this. I have tracked down Mark Grace's foundation. I'm still waiting to hear back. Got it. Okay, got it. If we have Mark Grace on, should I bring up the fact that when I was 12 in the suburb of Chicago, he was coming to a local bank that was opening to sign autographs, and I talked about it and thought about it every day for three weeks. I was so excited. I couldn't sleep. And then we showed up, and he, and he was three hours late, and then he didn't show up, and they sent some radio guy. I can't remember who. And it broke my heart in a million pieces. But it took me years to realize he was almost certainly hungover somewhere. 
Um, maybe you could bring it up. Don't lead with it. Don't lead with it. Yeah. I think you could maybe sneak it in somewhere throughout the interview, but I would not, you know, that wouldn't be the first words out of my mouth. Are you familiar with the slump buster that he... he... Uh, you've told me this uh, more than once. Yes. Can I ask about it on the air? Yes. Okay. Because it's not politically correct or probably socially acceptable, and certainly my wife doesn't think it's funny. Uh, it's not. But I don't think we would get in trouble from the powers that be. It's history. Yes. I can't change Mark Grace's history. That's true. Okay. So you're going to get Mark Grace on? Uh, we're going to continue to effort that. I bet I can find his phone. I might even have his phone number. I'm going to look for his phone number. I've got all these phone numbers of famous people that I've gotten from sources, and I don't know what to do with them. Uh, you can give them to me, and they uh, they will probably ignore me. That, that, right. Like, hey, what's up? You know, random guy. <laughs> hey, Tom Brady. Um, let's do an update on on conference. They call it realignment. It's really destruction and 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 and, and strengthening. It's it's conquering. It's Stratego. You Stratego fan? My dad loves that game. So yes, I've never lost a Stratego. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure I've ever won that and uh, that old school Goldeneye game back before, probably before you were born. The two things I'm undefeated at. Anyway, it's like Stratego. It's destruction. It's conquering. We've got an update. Uh, Pac-12 right now in a meeting that is fairly important to their future. Rumors about Arizona and some understandable consternation from other ACC schools about Florida State's comments. We'll get into all of that here on the show after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Emmanuel Barbari. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He's Bill Ryder, and he's always right. So I noticed yesterday... It says post. No longer says tweet and retweet. It's post and repost. Wait, if I'm on Twitter a lot, am I an X-Man? Are we X-Men? I think that's where we're at now, yeah. It's writer than you on CBS Sports Radio. All right, welcome back into the show. By the way, we were just talking about Ty Dunn, the excellent Substack NFL writing guru at Golong Touchdown. It's golongtd.com. You should go there. You should subscribe. Pay for the Substack. It is awesome. It is worth it. And we got a text. He was listening, which I didn't know. And his daughter's in the car with him. Now, some people don't want us to say the names of their kids on the air for good reason, so I won't. But young Miss Dunn, hello to you, too, if you're still listening. Your dad is awesome. I almost said kicks. Your dad's awesome. <laughs> All right. And that story's really good on Urban Mired and Dysfunction. What is up? 855-2124-CBS is the phone number. So we talked to you earlier in the week about the inevitable collapse of the pack. And I think it is inevitable. One-year timeline, one-week timeline, five-year timeline. It's going to be the SEC. It's going to be the Big Ten. And the Big 12 is doing what it can to try and, and maybe it will, shoehorn its way into the mix. The thing about about conquering other territories, about 
wars over geography, about domination, and about being dominated as these things can shift. We'll see what happens. There's a report out from, from this morning, last night, that Arizona, obviously Pac-12 school, in deep discussions with the Big 12, and that a deal is expected to be finalized in the near future. These things can change really, really quickly, but that would bring the Pac-12 down to eight teams. Remember, we already knew for several months, USC, UCLA are going to the Big 10 next year. Colorado just jumped ship for the Big 12, and so Arizona eyeing the exact same move. Now, these things change quickly. There was a report that we discussed yesterday that the Big Ten could look to take two or maybe four schools from the Pac-12 as the Pac-12 try to sort out whether they're going to accept this deal from Apple. They're in meetings right now to do that. And that report had Oregon and Washington as the primary targets leaning toward leaving for the Big Ten and maybe even Cal and Stanford being in the mix later. The latest reports from about 30 minutes ago is that the momentum on Oregon and Washington running away to the Big Ten have cooled. We'll see what happens. We'll see what's true. Remember, the reporters reporting this stuff are excellent, but the sources have hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. There are agendas out there. It's hard to know what is real, and it's, it's hard to know, even if something is real, whether that reality will change in five or six or seven or eight minutes. However, in the meeting right now, between Pac-12 leadership, trying to decide whether or not to take the Apple TV deal, which is not a 10-year deal. It's Almost a year-to-year reality that can have some serious money, not at the Big Ten or Big 12 or SEC level, but some, it can get in the, in the low 20 millions, reportedly. There is some momentum and hope that it can be done. So there's a lot going on. Pac-12 is starting to feel like maybe it can survive, but Arizona's still feeling like maybe it can go, and the SEC and the Big Ten, remember, are playing a long-term game where the Pac-12 is trying to survive literally moment-to-moment in this moment right now, today, as we speak. We'll let you know as as we find out. Uh, here are, just a reminder, the Pac-12 schools and the conferences other than the Pac-12 that are nibbling at the idea of, of, of poaching some of these schools. Arizona, in reported, again, deep dis- discussion, some reporting saying close, expected soon to, to move to the Big 12. Arizona State has the Big 12 reportedly interested in them. Cal, we talked about, and Stanford would be secondary options for the Big 10 after if they could nab Oregon and Washington, who would be in the mix. Utah has been linked to the Big 12. I mean, there's a... And then you have Washington State and Oregon State, who I don't think, and I don't technically know, could be called the Pac-12 if there were just two of them. Could you do the Pac-12, Tom, and just cross <laughs> off the one? Um, I, I don't think that would fly. I mean, my best guess is maybe they go to the Mountain West. But maybe not. Maybe the Pac-12 will exist as we know it. There was a um, a really interesting quote that came out from a Washington state legislator uh, yesterday. I don't know if you saw this who basically said some version of that moron really cost us, referring to the former Pac-12 commissioner who put the Pac-12 in this situation. The thing about the Pac-12 and their ill-fated Pac-12 network and a lack of a rights deal, a lot of this hinges on the reality of college sports and the fact that there's so much money now in live television rights that there is the impetus and the the ability for the stronger to destroy to basically take down the weaker, to poach these schools, bring them to the fold, spread the money around. But it's also true that the Pac-12 didn't have the foresight to have a long enough, lucrative enough, but really long enough television deal in place. They don't have a deal. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're negotiating or not even negotiating. They are considering whether to take Apple's deal now, 
But the fact they don't have a deal makes it really easy for USC and UCLA to walk away. There's no penalty. And you've got Florida State, we talked about yesterday, on the other side of the country, the ACC, saying, in effect, we want more money, we want more respect, and we're out of here. Okay, that's not good. That's disrespectful. That's a shot across the bow. That could be really, really bad news for the ACC. But there would still be a $120 million-ish penalty for Florida State to do that because that deal goes on for, for many more years. Now, North Carolina, one of, the, one of the folks in North Carolina at UNC, was pretty put out with that. Called it disrespectful, called it unacceptable. But it is a reflection of the reality of college sports. The SEC is, is locked in. And I don't think because we've grown accustomed to news, it doesn't. I don't want to change the, the impact of it. Oklahoma and Texas last year in the Big 12, going to the SEC is such a, it bolsters that conference. I know they don't need to be bolstered, but it is, a, it is on the exact same level as the Big 10 poaching USC and UCLA. Texas and Oklahoma are to the Big 12 what USC and UCLA are to the Pac-12. They are the two primary huge draw schools that have national brands and are in significantly important markets. More Texas. Austin's a big market, and obviously they're going to watch you in Dallas. They're going to watch you in Houston. They are the, the, the University of the State, despite A&M and Texas Tech and Baylor. The difference is what could have been a death knell for the Big 12 spurred them into action. Like, okay, we got to get a bunch of money. We got to get other schools. If we're going to have people come after our schools, we got to go after other conferences, schools. The Pac 12 did not respond in kind. They didn't have the foresight or the ability or the money or the television deal or the leadership or the allure to do what the Big 12 did. The Big 12 could easily, in some alternate universe, with a different approach or a less aggressive approach, be in the same position in the Pac 12. And they're not. They got Colorado. They're going to try to get Arizona. They're going to do what they can to survive. They've got some money. They're trying to keep it going. They're adding other schools. Because you to survive, you've got to take down somebody else. That's the ugly reality. You want to be one of the conferences that are that's the Power 5 now. It's not going to be the Power 5 in five years. It'll be the Power 2 or Power 3 or Power 4 or whatever it's going to be. In order to be a part of that mix, in order not to be destroyed, this is, this is crappy. You've got to destroy somebody else. The SEC had no qualms about it. They went after the Big 12, and if the Big 12 couldn't survive, that's your problem. The Big 10 went after, and not just the Pac-12, but in recent memory, the Pac-12, and it may destroy them. And they'll happily take Oregon and Washington if they can. Again, conflicting reports, latest is Oregon, Washington, the Big 10 has cooled. But the Big 10 doesn't care if the Big 12 goes down. They're trying to survive. They're trying to make sure that they continue to thrive and be powerful and exist. And so as much as I have sympathy for the Big 12, or excuse me, the Pac-12, and I, and I do, I live on the West Coast. For years they haven't gotten the respect they deserve. I do think the time zone has something to do with that, right? People like Tom going to sleep at 7 o'clock Eastern time, at, you know, on the, week, on, on, on the weekend nights. It's 4 o'clock my time. But sympathy doesn't matter, and it doesn't do anything, and it doesn't have an impact, and it doesn't have currency in the real world. You can't spend it. You can't spend my sympathy or other people's sympathy in real dollars to shower on USC or UCLA to prevent them from leaving before that was done or to throw that money at Oregon or Washington now to keep them from going to the the Big Ten in this case. 
you got to get an Apple deal done. you got to convince the schools to do it. You have to have the leadership to say, let's take the deal, even though it's a very short-term reality, even though the money's low relative to what's out there and what you could get some of you schools out there around the country. If you went somewhere else, let's get it, let's survive, and let's try to carry on for another day. And by the way, if the Pac-12 makes it, if news comes out in the next 10 minutes or 20 minutes or hour, and we'll tell you if it does, that they've taken the Apple deal, that is step one. Step two is going to be to go and steal other schools and to destroy other lesser conferences. Whether it's you go get San Diego State or you target somebody else, that's the only way to survive. You're in a knife fight now. If you're a, if you're a major conference or even a secondary conference in college athletics, and if you don't go and take what you want, someone's going to take what you have. That's the reality. We'll update you as it happens. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Let's talk some NFL with Joe Theismann. Maybe he saw something even remotely interesting from last night's football game. We'll find out next year on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 